Hey, it's Lisa Carlin from Attacking Third to tell you about the all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. It's equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend. The Hyundai Santa Fe features available all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, plus available dual wireless charging pads, ensuring that you can take on any adventure. It's ski season, and with the all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe, I can easily load the car with all my gear plus my friends in the third row and make it right to the base of the slopes with all-wheel drive. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Hello and welcome to another episode of Attacking Third, a CBS Sports soccer podcast. I'm Sandra Herrera, lead NWSL writer for CBS Sports. Joined today, as always, by my colleague and co-host, Lisa Roman, NWSL analyst and broadcaster. On today's episode, the NWSL is back. The regular season has returned after an international break. And we're going to provide you with a recap of this weekend's games. All five games, all teams combined. Competing for this playoff push. It's going to be intense. But first, a quick reminder to everyone listening go follow us on Twitter at Attacking Third. And you can also head over to our YouTube page and hit subscribe to never miss a thing. Don't miss a new video. Don't miss any of our interviews. You can get extended NWSL highlights. Go to youtube.com slash attacking third and subscribe so you don't miss a thing. Lisa, I'm so excited to chat about NWSL action with you. We had some good ones this weekend. We had great games. Lots of good goals were scored in the NWSL. Um, I got to go watch some college soccer. I watched Marquette. They took on Villanova and they won. That was also a banger. Four goals in that game. Marquette won three to one. Um, So exciting weekend all around for me. And I watched so much women's soccer. And honestly, I loved it, Sandra. That's really what I, I look forward to on the weekends. And when it plays out like this last weekend did with great games, bangers, lots of wins, um, it's fun. How was your weekend? I agree. I was, I was just like, so excited that we were going to get this NWL, uh, NWSL action back. I I think you and I both know that this is the this is the final stretch, right, of the mm-hmm. season that we've been waiting for, where we just sort of know and sort of felt that really everything was just sort of going to come together and fall into place, where certain teams were finally going to iron out those things that they have been trying to iron out all weekend. Uh, or all year really coming off yeah. of uh, coming off of a 2020 that didn't have a regular season. Mm-hmm. And we're seeing it. We're seeing it play out right now. Uh, we saw it play out over this weekend. And uh, that table is still as narrow as ever, honestly. And it's probably going to stay that way all the way through the remainder of this final stretch of games. Let's get into it, Lisa. Let's start with some of these games. We got the two games, the doubleheader that kicked things off on Saturday. Let's start with New Jersey, New York, Gotham FC versus North Carolina Courage. Just for giggles, <laughs> we don't remember our picks as as usual. I'm gonna. I I do remember that I went with Gotham. I, I and don't I'm know. excited about that. I I, I Lisa's like I, I don't know. I, I'm not gonna lie. I don't remember, guys. It doesn't matter what the picks were because <laughs> this game was an absolute treat. M- Margaret Purse back. 
Paige Monahan back. So many, so many good things for Gotham that are happening right now in a very important, again, in a very important part of the season. They defeat North Carolina Courage 3-1. First big win for new head coach Scott Parkinson. So congrats to him as well. Big, big, the energy in this game coming out of it. And the scenes, but you just saw, even as the goals were happening, just they were feeling it. Gotham looks like they're ready to make a run in these final weeks. And they're one of the teams, Lisa, that have those extra, that extra game in hand uh, where some other teams are, their season is going to come to a close much, uh, to a close much, much sooner. What were some of your uh, takeaways from this big win for Gotham? As you mentioned, Gotham is in this playoff push and they are, although right now they don't sit above that playoff line at number six position, they are still in this. This win was huge for them and huge for Scott Parkinson, the new head coach. Um, It was Gotham's first win since July 25th. That is two full months without winning a game. Um, you you said it, though. It's Margaret Purse being back. It's Anamano in the top combining with Purse. It's Paige Monahan being back, who Monahan, a player we haven't seen on the pitch since June for this Gotham team. And now Carly Lloyd is back because w- over that little stretch of the international break and during the Olympics, she was a big missing factor for this Gotham team, especially picking up balls in the midfield and, and playing those through balls. Um, man, Margaret Purse, she rested up well, well. She not only got her body back into good physical shape, but she elevated herself and she elevated her game. And it was tough these last few weeks for Gotham with just Anamano up top. Um, She's quick and she has a lot of skill and we've seen her score some bangers throughout this season. But to have Midge Purse in there takes a lot of the pressure off Anamano because now they can play together. They can both run at back lines. They can get in behind. They have a destination for so many of Carly Lloyd's through balls through opponents' back lines. Um, this, this game was so fun to watch between those two. And we also have to give a shout-out to Haas James, Ungard James, uh, her first goal for North Carolina in the NWSL, which was huge. And and I think that says a lot as well, that North Carolina scored first. Yeah, and they opened up the goal scoring in this one. They did. And you almost kind of thought, like, okay, maybe it's going to be a little bit of the – the late season push that experience that comes in from a team like the courage where they've been there before they sort of know it's time to lock it in. It's really time to sort of establish ourselves and get a lock on things. And then them going up first, you're just sort of, it's like, okay, well let's see what happens here. But purse really such a difference maker for the team in this one, winning a penalty kick to start things off here. Very, very active in the final third. Gets the foul in the box against uh, Courage defender uh, Diane Caldwell. Mm-hmm. It's the call. Lloyd steps up to take, convert. Everything's equalized. And it came at a very crucial time. You know, it was it, they didn't go long. They weren't down a long time in this in this game. And it's tough when you're when you're chasing games in this league. It is very tough to try to come to come back uh, sometimes, but uh, not forgot them on this one and a big part of it was because of purse and her play in the final third for this team it was a huge part of it and i also think the smarts of the gotham attackers to understand that there was three of them anamanu purse and lloyd going against a three back for north carolina and head head coach for the courage paul riley has said previously that his team has been plagued with defensive injuries and he just doesn't have a lot of depth 
defensively. So when he doesn't have four defenders, he goes with three and he, he stacks his midfield a little bit differently. Um, and Gotham just bullied the three V three were just out playing and outworking the courage's back line. Um, and Mitch purse, she had a goal of her own, Incredible, incredible goal from her, assisted by Anamanu uh, before halftime. It was huge, and you could see from the celebration, it was it was a beautiful goal of Anamanu dribbling down the sideline. She gets end line, crosses it into a late running Margaret Purse, who just clinically finishes the ball and finds the back of the net. Really, it was picture perfect um, textbook. But the celebration afterward of <laughs> Didasco and Anamanu just jumping on top of Purse, yeah. it's that return is so huge and that does yeah. so much for Purse's confidence. Yeah, you could tell that the team absolutely missed her presence uh, on the pitch. You know, she has a great presence for the team on, off the pitch, but but on the pitch, that was a there was a certain type of X factor that was missing for this Gotham team as they sort of tried to navigate these last two months in search of a win that never came. Uh, and that it's shouldn't be too surprising for people to connect the dots that once you sort of have these players that you have been missing, specifically in Purse, that they finally were able to sort of turn the key as opposed to just sort of having it in the ignition and Mitch Purse was there to rev it up. So it was fantastic win for this team. Big one again for, for Scott Parkinson. It's, it's something to note, you know, for me, when I was watching this game, I thought it was very telling that it was Parkinson's first win, first game on the sideline with Gotham, uh, that very impressive Chicago Red Stars game that they had against Courage where everybody was like, wow, they just really sort of bossed the midfield and took things mm-hmm. over. Uh, all of the preparation and game planning for that was uh, fell on Scott Parkinson as Rory Dames was um, out of town for for that match week. And so a lot of the prep for that and against that Courage team was via Scott Parkinson. So to sort of see this sort of kind of play out for his first win, I thought was very, very uh, symbolic and very, very impressive uh, to sort of kind of kick off this new era uh, for Gotham. But uh, speaking of Chicago, let's get into it to end out this doubleheader on Saturday with Chicago Red Stars versus Portland Thorns FC. I'm going to put myself on blast. I know for a fact that I had this as as a draw. I thought both of these teams were going to be coming off of this international window and coming to to head to head at SeatGeek Stadium uh, in Illinois and maybe just was going to play out a draw. And I think... For you, I think it was for Thorns, right? Because they're such a, a great, great team right now. But uh, we were both wrong in this one. Chicago Red Stars doing, well, doing it something. Like a draw. It looked like a draw. <laughs> game winner didn't come until over the hour mark. So you could have had your draw there, Sandra. I would have been a winner either way, quite frankly, <laughs> in, in, in this one. But uh, the Red Stars had, had different different ideas. We're talking about these sort of groundbreaking uh, moments, these breakthrough moments for certain teams at a very crucial point in the season. And similarly to Gotham, this sort of feels like one for the Chicago Red Stars. It was a, a big win for a team that has not had a good record against Portland Thorns. This is Chicago Red Stars' first regular season win against the Portland Thorns since the inaugural 2013 season of the NWSL. The only other victory came in a semifinal playoff. So this is the only the, the second regular season uh, victory for the Red Stars against the, against the Thorns. So a lot of big things, uh, you know, big sort of kind of breakthroughs for the Chicago Red Stars team. And a lot of some of what was coming out of the postgame 
for this team was sort of the the preparation for this specific moment. Uh, they, this These were two teams that were only going to face each other two times in the regular season where a lot of other teams just sort of kind of get like a three-game series, but not for Chicago and Portland in 2021. So that five-goal loss that they had to start their season was something that was a motivating factor uh, for the players kind of going into this one. They definitely wanted the chance to sort of show who they could be um, against this Portland Thorn side. And there's a lot of questions maybe about uh, who this Portland Thorn team is coming out of this international window right now in terms of the starting lineup that was presented against Chicago and mm-hmm. uh, having so many players uh, maybe sort of rotating their minutes. Rocky Rodriguez having to come off the bench who sort of saw the impact for the Thorns in, in this game once she came in. Um, not having somebody like Lindsey Horan who's uh, mm-hmm. currently navigating through an injury of her own. But that Portland Thorns team is still stacked. They're, that is a stack team. They're the number one team for the reason they've shown all year the why they are the deepest team in the league. Uh, so in terms of bringing up those type of narratives, I think it's a little bit unfair, uh, you know, to sort of present that when in a loss against against a, a Red Stars team, which uh, were able to sort of get this get this win uh, by sort of kind of taking back over the game in the second half after kind of mm-hmm. conceding a little bit to the Portland Thorns uh, and just sort of watching Mal Pugh get involved as she typically does take take over a little bit get very active in the final third and sort of see the Chicago team attack in waves of pressure and then finally get a breakthrough goal we've seen the Chicago team present waves of attack but not seen a lot of action in terms of the ball getting in the back of the net but that wasn't the case on this night they were actually able to get that that breakthrough goal that breakthrough go ahead goal excuse me and then uh, and then pick up the win so it's a big big one for for this team this is a huge, huge, huge win for Chicago. And you talked about how much pressure went into this match in the Portland and Chicago matchup. And if Portland, if Portland beat Chicago, they would have clinched a playoff position. They did not, which is crazy yeah. to think about that. That's how big of a league and and lead and point differential that the Thorns have right now. They still sit at the top of the standings despite this loss. But this this Chicago team, I said it in our preview. I did I gave Portland the win, but I said I will not be surprised if Chicago goes off. And that is exactly what they did with Rory Dames at the helm. He can do so many great things that are happening behind the scenes on his teams. And when the time is right, he unleashes it all. The The front three of Watt, Pew, and Rachel Hill, phenomenal. That trio is just phenomenal. They are all over the pitch. Kalia Watt is so much faster, and she surprises me every single time she gets on the ball. I don't think she's going to be fast. I don't. And then she gets behind the ball and she just outruns defenders that are very fast. So she (laughs) was very fun to watch throughout this match. Um, But really, Pew Hill and Watt, their crosses into the box, their runs off the ball, they're constantly moving for each other. And one thing about Chicago and Statline, they ended this game with 20 crosses. Portland ended it with 21. However, Chicago had 10 in the first half and 10 in the second half. Their consistent attack is 
tremendous. Whereas Portland, they trailed off a little bit. They they lost some of their mojo. And I think Chicago was the more complete team over the 90 minutes. Um, and their response, Christine Sinclair had a worldie of a goal early on. She opened up the scoring in the 23rd minute. It was actually Crystal Dunn who was racing down the sideline going as fast as heck. Um, and she actually slows up her run after going so fast and a little trail back pass to Christine Sinclair. A beautiful, beautiful. I mean, the strike was just placed really well, the instep for Sinclair, and that goal was beautiful. But a minute later, the Red Stars respond off of a mistake. I'm going to say this is a Bella Bigsby mistake. She she doesn't grab the ball. She punches it out, and then Chicago capitalizes on it. Um, but I think the second goal, the head goal like you were talking about, Sandra, this goal was so, so, so beautiful. The cross from Pew. I couldn't get Mallory over that service. Mallory Pugh is just so good. And when she turns I, it yeah. on, it's so fun to watch her. This cross is just driven really hard towards the back post. Rachel Hill uses her head, just like directs the ball towards the back of the net. But the Pugh, Mallory Pugh, she gets the ball and she assesses all of her options. You can see her brain working so quickly and then her feet moving just as fast to execute her game plan. And I think the international break for Mal Pugh gave her triple the confidence that she needed for this NWSL season. Yeah, that's uh that service was up on a platter. I it's like even if you're re-watching that goal as it happens, just watching the precision on this this pass from Mal Pugh was just a chef's kiss. Like absolutely really, really good stuff. And honestly, like if people wanna if people do want to do like a stat check, I am I am kind of curious about this since we were talking about bangers in this game because Christine Sinclair did did have one, unshockingly. Yeah. Uh she tends to do that against the Chicago Red Stars. So someone can find how many times Christine Sinclair has scored on the Chicago Red Stars. I'd love to 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 see it and I'd love to hear it. So it sort of felt like this game was gonna go a certain kind of way when uh Don and Sinclair linked up for that opening goal in this I one. Know. Um but to sort of see the Red Stars get that immediate, immediate equalizer and honestly capitalizing on that mistake with Aaron Wright uh laying the ball off to Khalil Watt to slot it away. Um, that sort of kept things level and sort of kept things interesting in, in this one. Um, and that was a huge, huge moment from from Aaron Wright. Uh, she, quite frankly, could have taken a touch and tried to mm-hmm. go for goal herself, uh, but to just sort of have the presence of mind to, to lay off to to her striker and, and let Khalil Watt do that was big. The outside backs in this game had a big, 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 oh, big yeah, impact in this one. Um, it was some real bullying on the flanks going on from from Aaron Wright and, and Casey Short. There were tough moments. It was a learning moment, I think, for somebody like an Olivia Moultrie going up against somebody like a Casey Kruger. Um, tough to, yeah. Yeah. to to work on, on those outside backs. But big win uh, for Chicago. And Kruger and, had uh, a great game. She had a great game, not just defensively, but sending crosses in. And mm-hmm. really, it's fun to watch really good soccer. Oh, yeah, it's it's happening. It. It's ha- it's all happening for us, folks, and we're getting through it. Uh, don't mind us and our excitement and talking about it. There's three <laughs> more to get through. Triple header for Sunday. Let's get through them. Racing Louisville FC versus Houston Dash. Oof, tough scoreline in this one. Houston Dash picking up a huge win and a big scoreline, 4-0. They go into Louisville and defeat Racing on four goals, 4-0 scoreline. Lisa, I'm just going to pitch it to you real quick. Let's talk about some things defensively because I love to hear you talk about defensive thing as a former uh, defender. What, what's going on with this 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 scoreline? We saw some of these goals 
it's, for it's the rough. Houston Dash. Come off of some real questionable decision making defensively for Louisville, and then all of a sudden this scoreline just ballooned up by the end of the game. What were some of your takes? So going back, we have to take a look at the injury report. And Racing Louisville was missing both of their center backs in Kaylee Real and Gemma Bonner. That hurts the team when you're missing one center back, let alone two. And not only that, at the attacking end of the field, Racing Louisville without Nadia Nadim, who is a, a goal scorer, tremendous, and she's so creative and such a playmaker, but she also defends a lot off the ball. Um, the, those holes initially for Racing Louisville didn't help them. Um, subs coming in off the bench and getting starts tonight, it's it's not a knock against them, but your center backs are your leaders, and they're really the glue that holds the defensive organizational shape team together. And if you lose both of them before a match, um, that's saying a lot. Now, Houston also was without Rachel Daly, who is a prolific goal scorer, but that didn't really matter. When the midfield for Houston Dash has Christy Mewis and Shea Groom and Sophie Schmidt, are you kidding me? Um, they, they played so well. And Breva Sally, she got her first goal or her first start for Houston tonight um, in, in this matchup, which is a really – or her first goal, excuse me. And she got the start for Houston tonight, which says a lot about the depth of the forwards. And sometimes with players – they know they're good, and if they get in off the bench and they sub on for a player, they they play okay, and they know that that's their moment to shine. But when they get the opportunity to start and make a difference, it can change the game for a player because they know that they were the first choice and they're not coming in off the bench. Now, not every player has this mentality, but that's a huge thing, and I think that really helped Houston throughout this match. Um, uh, Racing Louisville, uh, there's definitely some – some holes there. Definitely yeah. holes defensively. In the attack, though, Shayna Matthews, she is coming back into stride. I can see her having a really good future yeah. next year. I mean, she's she's finding her stride and getting her setting, and she hasn't played since, what, 2017? Yeah. She had a, a child. Yeah, she's and working her way back into form, like, for sure. She's, but to watch her and the progress she's made so far is really impressive, but um, – this is Houston first league win in a month. This is big. This is what they needed heading heading yeah. into this playoff push. You know, at the time when they <laughs> when they entered this this match week, you know, they were on the outside looking in and the win very briefly gave them a bump in the standings before the other two matches uh, yeah. took place, but it's it's still a significant win for them. Having this win and having it be a four goal win is huge because we've been talking about it a lot this year. It's something about 2021. It's something about the return of a full regular season in NWSL this year where it feels like anything can happen. And that will possibly include some tiebreaker scenarios uh, come that final week to maybe determine some things. And Houston was was level on some tiebreakers with some other teams, most specifically Chicago, in like three different areas. It was like head-to-head. It was goal differential. And I think like uh, – something with some type of game conduct rule as well. So there was just a lot of different tiebreakers within there, but this type of match for them uh, helps change up and shake up their goal differential. So it's different. It, it, it benefits them both with three points and quite possibly a tiebreaker down the road. Should it come down to that? So to sort well, now of, now they have a positive goal differential. 
Yes. Now Houston, they have 24 goals for and 23 goals against. So this was huge for them, not only to (laughs) score four goals, not only score four goals, but also get a clean sheet out of this match to help with that differential. Yeah, no, it's huge. And I I think like, yes, you make an incredibly important point about the the IR and the injury, the injury report for, for Louisville missing big center backs. Um, That's huge for that team, but I don't know. I still think Houston takes this game. Maybe it's not four zero, but it's maybe two zero. Louisville has struggled defensively a lot this year. Um, They have been on the bad end of some, of some some errors that have led to led to goals. There's a lot of film out there. There's a lot yeah. of highlight reels for people to take a look at. So it's uh, it's tough because coming into this match, it sort of felt like we kind of had this one circled. Just like this was going to be maybe a season defining game for 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 these two teams. And it sort of feel as like even though these are two teams, as the week closes out, that are still sort of on the outside looking in. One of them definitely has a better shot at sneaking their way in than the other. And Houston, they, they're they a team that has a lot of attack. Um, their defense has had some holes throughout this season, but overall been pretty solid. Whereas Racing Louisville, their defense hasn't been that consistent and neither has their attack. So when you looked at stats for this game, Racing Louisville had three shots total. Houston had 17 Jane Campbell made zero saves in net for the dash. So the pressure wasn't even there for Houston that like looking at on paper. um, Yeah. But these two teams right on the bubble, you, you watch this game and you think, how can Houston not make the playoffs? But again, they're still towards the second half of the table. We'll see what happens with the dash moving on. Talking about more teams that are still trying to <laughs> trying to hang on, we had Washington Spirit finally making their return to play, hosting Kansas City NWSL. Spirit get the win in this one. They defeat Kansas City NWSL 2-1. The Washington Spirit, a month, a month away from the pitch, they had to suffer two forfeitures. They were handed these forfeitures due to breach of medical protocol as issued by the league and the ongoing pandemic. And somehow entering this match week, they were still in the sixth position in the standings despite the two forfeitures. So coming into a game like this and having those scenarios in there where everyone else around you, including yourselves, are also in the middle of a playoff push. Again, these games are just feeling much, much heavier and much more significant down the line as teams go head to head. And this was no different. Kansas City much different position. This is a team that has been in last place in the 10th position all year round, hopped on some media availability this week leading up to the match, spoke a little bit with head coach Hugh Williams, spoke a little bit with Haley Mace. And honestly, the perspective is one that's keeping it very real in Kansas city. They're very realistic. They're like, listen, we're in a certain point. We, we have certain perspectives in place for the remainder of 2021 At this point, it really is about closing out the season very strong and trying to present some very specific assignments for players and to see if they follow through with them. Hugh Williams mentioning that they're looking to try to get, you know, two attacking, you know, goals or types of really good chances, at least a game moving out of these things. Haley Mays talking a little bit about her own versatility. Uh, She's a player that's been playing top, middle, 
and defensive line uh, for this team. And in this match, saw her slotted in at center back. So there was a lot of there was a lot of things in between the lines in this match to pay attention to and take a look at. Yes, obviously Washington spirit sort of dominating the headlines, but also in Kansas city, some things that they were trying to work towards as well. And it sort of looks for a second there that this was going to be a very, very interesting game because Kansas city got on the board first in this one, Lisa with a banger from Darian Jenkins to open up the goal scoring. It was a banger. I loved this goal, Sandra. I loved this goal. And so good. uh, it was honestly defended pretty well by the spirit. It, it wasn't like a huge defensive breakdown. And I think that's what makes the goal that much better. Um, but a, a great shot. She cuts in. She's on the right side of the top of the 18, cuts in with her left foot and curls the ball towards the near post. Bledsoe couldn't save it. It was phenomenal. Honestly, the spirit players looked shocked. They were like, what? Did Jenkins just rip that on us? And yeah, she did. Darian Jenkins did. And it was it was beautiful. That was her second goal of the season. And I I think that that game or that goal opening the match for Kansas city was really good for them and good for their confidence because uh, yes, they, they end up losing this one uh, two to one against the spirit, but this goal shows that those little goals that Kansas city is trying to hit every game is huge. And, and you mentioned it, they're very realistic about this season and about what they can achieve and and where their ceiling is. And to be able to have that tough conversation in the locker room as a coach and player to say, listen, like we're out of the playoffs, but what can we learn from this year? What can we gain? What can we do to make ourselves better in the future is really mature and shows a lot. Um, and, and Hugh Williams, he's had a rough season, but I think his perspective on the game and his perspective on life, honestly, helps him in a situation like this for his team where they're, they really aren't going anywhere fast. But what can they do now in this moment? And I think this goal really did a lot for them. Um, later... Washington, Kelly O'Hara, they draw a penalty kick inside yeah. the box, which changed everything, changed everything in this game. I think the air was let out of Kansas City at this point. Um, they knock it away. Andy Sullivan, incredible first yeah. NWSL goal for her for Washington Spirit this year, which is huge, especially after we saw her kick some booty with the U.S. Women's National Team. Um, not the goal I was expecting to see from Andy Sullivan. No, I mean, but came at a crucial time. I mean, you're t- it changes the huge. game completely. You're changes talking about going completely. to the different difference between going into halftime with a one you know down one nothing but now you're going in level it was huge it, completely it was really lady scratched the opposite way <laughs> she really did and and washington without ashley hatch and their forward she had an excuse absence family stuffed uh on sunday for that match so she couldn't be there but the second half was it 10 seconds in sandra i, I don't even remember i was still yeah. like getting my 11 seconds 11 seconds in there we go i missed it i'm not gonna lie i missed it i was getting some it was so fast (laughs) tara mckeown she just dribbles down the field open air she was like no i'm finishing this game um boop finds the back of the net which that's that says a lot about washington as well coming out of the half in the first 11 seconds to be able to to respond like that. But then at that point, Kansas city, what, what hope they had gained at halftime and in their locker locker room, I think it, it dwindled and, and it fizzled out after that. 
I think, I mean, obviously it doesn't help, you know, going down that early in the, in the second half, it absolutely changes things up. I mean, you could try to hit the reset button a little bit in the halftime, but then when you completely fumble the ball, uh, for lack of a better sports metaphor, right that early to start off the second half, um, it kind of, yeah, it kind of maybe negates all of the, that rah, rah talk that might've been happening, um, in the locker room at the moment, but it was, it it was big to see, it was big to see this the response from the spirit quite, quite frankly, uh, you know, this is a team that we haven't seen in action in nearly a month, Lisa. I know it was, yeah. it was, uh, it was, they knew it was a big win going into the, they knew it was gonna have to be a big result that they were going to have to get, you know, Chris Ward was, um, available this week, uh, in, in for media in the lead up to these games. And he echoed as much. He actually, singled out Kelly O'Hara specifically as like a player that has been relied upon really uh, in the locker room and on and off the pitch for the team in terms of trying to get the team to, to rally together in terms of what they can't control, right. Considering all of the things going on in the headlines with the Washington spirit and that the team was still in the middle of a playoff push that the fact of the matter is that they were still in a playoff standing and there was still the playoffs chase in this regular season. So to sort of see Kelly O'Hara have this big role in setting the tone back for, you know, regaining the control back for the spirit was, I think, kind of symbolic a little bit. Um, going up against the rookie defender there and, and, and Kiki Pickett. And then, yeah, there was some there was some grabbing and sort of having the presence to mind and the veteranship to say, that's enough. I'm going to drop. And yeah, was it, there's a lot of argument about like, Oh, it's soft. It's this. And those type of penalties never get called in NWSL, but you know what? She She's tried it smart and it got called. Yeah. I can't tell you how, Lisa, I cannot tell you how many times, and I don't know what it is. It's something about the prototypical NWSL player. There have been <laughs> so many times where there have been moments like that in a box and I see NWSL players attacking players just sort of like gut it out and they want to play through it. And I get that. Yes. That's, that's part of the mentality, but there are also moments in which I see that and I go, man, I wonder what would have happened. And maybe, I don't know, maybe would have just fell and <laughs> just see, and just see what happens. Just see what happens, especially in which it happened. You know, you're talking about your, you're reaching the, the, you know, the latter end of a, of a first half and, you know, if you don't get it, guess what? You're going into the locker room down a goal, you know, but it, it happens and they called call for the PK and then Andy Sullivan uh, converted. So complete, j- just savvy. There's a certain amount of experience that comes into play um, in it, that moment. It is a bit of mental smarts because players have to run through a little, a quick little checklist. Like, yeah. okay, if, if I don't get this call, are they going to score? No, yeah. Kelly, you're in your attacking box. Yeah. Do I actually have the possibility of, of coming out of this with the ball unscathed? No, at that point, it, Kelly O'Hara was going to lose that battle and Pickett was going to win the ball from her and the ball would have been Kansas City's anyway. So at that point, like, okay, like you, it's it's the quickness and the experience yeah. of a mature veteran player in Kelly O'Hara to say, you know what, I am going to fall at this point. And it worked. She got the call because there were fouls happening. Yeah. Um, soft, yes, I would say, but that's that's the game of soccer. Yeah, there's a there's always there's this is another episode for another day. And there's always that argument about like, oh, like that's not what uh, our game is about. And I'm just like, whatever, man, it's about getting the ball in the back of the net. Why not? So it is what it is. It ended up paying off because they it, it leveled them. And then that quick go ahead goal in the second half. That was that was all she wrote. That was all 
all they needed. And it's, um, you know, it's, it's unfortunate for a Kansas City side that really their attack was looking pretty, pretty promising in that, in that first half. And then uh, Tony could walk away with, with one goal. Those are those things that uh, Hugh Williams is talking about that the team is going to probably work and, on. And I understand if Kansas City never wins another game in this league this year, but if they can score goals like that from Darian Jenkins and they can have moments of excellence, like that's pretty cool. I'd love to see Darian Jenkins do that every game. Yeah, good to see her get the goal, honestly. A player who has uh, sort of become a, j- a journey woman in, in this league has had been on a couple different teams and has had to work her way back uh, from injury. So for her to get a nice goal like that in the highlight reel is uh, is pretty dope. Uh, but last one for, for Sunday to close things out. It was a big one. Lisa, we had this one highlighted. We said if there was a game that you're going to try to watch this weekend, make sure you try to watch this game. Oil Rain along with Portland Thorns really, really riding this streak of performances right now. They're not the team that's in first place, but I would say they're the hottest team in the league right now. And they showed it again against Orlando Pride. They take the win 3-0 all rain over Orlando Pride. Bangers. That's all I got to say in this one. French <laughs> bangers. French bangers in this one. Is a French banger really just a baguette? I don't know. These are the questions. These are the questions that we got to ask ourselves, Lisa. I'm talking about Eugenie Lee She had some great goals in this one. Just uh, really good stuff. I got to say, I was immediately excited for this game when I saw the starting lineups drop. Um, watching what Laura Harvey is doing with this team right now is incredible. It's exciting. It's fun. This is the team that everyone is looking at now and saying, oh, there you are. Mm-hmm. There you are. We were looking for you. And you've arrived. Yes. It's so good. It's so good to see them. I think Laura Harvey is doing a fantastic job with the squad and with the players that she has ahead of her. Um, Heading into this one, we talked about it a bit in our preview. It was the Golden Boot leaders going against each other. Bethany Balser for O.L. Reign and Sydney LaRue for Orlando Pride. Um, Orlando doesn't get a goal in this match. And Bethany Balser takes it upon herself um, a few minutes in, three minutes in, she gets her ninth goal, and she does it in true Bethany Balser fashion, a cross coming in from great player, Sofia Huerta, who's now playing in the outside back, talking about that Laura Harvey switch-up. She's moved Huerta to an outside back position, sends an incredible cross in, so beautiful, on a platter to Bethany Balser, who gets another header goal, her nine. She now leads the league. So that, from a young player in Balser, is so, so great to he- see. It was just bread and butter from Balser um, and the assist from Sofia Huerta. That's, that's what you're alluding to, right? Sandra, you like seeing yeah. her on the flank. I don't mind seeing her on the flank. I, <laughs> you know, I'm so used to seeing so a player like Sofia Huerta involved in the attack, right. Where it's like, that's, that's her bread and butter. That's, that's what we're used to seeing her, uh, you know, get on, on, on the highlight reels. So it's, it's a little bit refreshing in a good way to sort of still see her getting on these highlight reels, but at this outside back position, um, it's a fantastic storyline for this player. You're talking, we're talking about a player in Darian Jenkins who sort of has this, you know, journey woman uh, kind of story. And I would put, Sophia Huerta in, in that camp as well. You know, somebody who has played with the Red Stars, who played with the Dash, and now has found herself, uh, you know, with O.L. Reign. Um, and is now sort of seeing herself in this outside back position after really only maybe kind of uh, flirting a little bit with, with the position mm-hmm. initially at the national team level, not so much at the club level. So starting to see her get these games at outside back with Laura Harvey at O.L. Reign is not – 
too unsurprising. Laura Harvey is somebody who has have been connected, you know, with the U.S. women's national team. She understands what is uh, necessary to sort of make that next step to that next level. And uh, she is not unfamiliar with had like probably seeing Sofia Huerta with games at outside bag, but just at a national team level and said, you know what can work on this club level? This can work at this club level. So to sort of have the right coach, the right player, the right environment, we're starting to see that sort of play out. And while she hasn't had a ton of games at outside back for Lorraine specifically this season, the games that she has been putting together for all Lorraine down this final stretch, she's been coming up huge. And for her to connect with Balser in that opening goal, kind of alludes to that. So I'm excited to see what else this team has is uh, is going to bring forth with the loss to Portland. The shield is still in sight here for it's, it's up for grabs. It's up for play. We're going to see what happens. We're going to be keeping an eye on these two teams specifically. And I think it's very significant that it's these two teams, these two uh, old Pacific Northwest rivals that are sort of in the hunt of and course. in the chase. It's going to be delightful. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. We went through all these games for you to get hit you with all the recap. We are going to hit you back with a new segment, our goal of the weekend, and fill you all in on updated standings right after this. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. What is goal of the weekend? It's a new segment that we're introducing right now. We thought it would be fun to have this as we're closing out this regular season. We're going to start seeing a lot more intensely competitive games between all these teams, and that means that we're probably going to see a lot more fun goals. Uh, I want to let everybody know that you can drop us a note on Twitter. You can let us know on Apple Podcasts with a five-star review what your goal of the weekend is because Lisa and I are going to hit you all with some options, and we're going to publicly vote for the goals of the weekend that we enjoyed the most so we want to know your goal of the weekend follow us on twitter at attacking third we're going to do a twitter poll that you all can engage with and you can actually cast your vote and if it's not one of the two goals that lisa and i will pick right now i need you to go ahead and drop us a reply with what your actual nomination is because not surprisingly there were so many great goals that we could not pick them all so we narrowed them down a little bit lisa hit me with your goal of the week so there's a few. I'm going to throw out some nominations for us here. Um, in the Gotham game, the Anamanu gets in line, gets her head up and finds Purse. That combination, which we haven't seen in a while because Gotham hasn't played and Purse has been injured, that goal was 
really pretty. And there's a lot of underlining meanings in that one uh, because Gotham gets the win, Purse is back, the combination from Anamanu, who's been stellar in the attack for Gotham. She gets an assist on that one. So I'm throwing that one in the nomination pool for sure. I also want to throw in the Darian Jenkins, Kansas City stunner of a goal. She's at the top corner of the 18. She has defenders on her. She cuts inside with her left foot, and she has about like six inches of space, and she curls the ball near post. Really, really good goal. Do you have? Are you nominating any, Sandra? Let's hear some of yours. Believe it or not, the goal that I'm choosing from the Chicago Red Stars game is going to go to Christine Sinclair from Portland. It was just a very, very pretty goal. Uh, I loved the buildup. I loved to see. I always love to see Crystal Dunn in the midfield, sort of chasing after uh, you know the ball and then making the very smart choices that she decides to make. And it paid off in Christine Sinclair, who just has the skill and has the finesse to just sort of slot that away. We're also going to go ahead and nominate uh, the additional goal between. Uh, uh, you know, for Rachel Hill, which was provided with the cross from Mal Pugh in the 65th minute. But this last goal that we're really both excited about, Lisa, I, I, we got to break it down. We're choosing, of course, a goal from the 3-0 win with Oil Rain and Orlando Pride. Eugenie Le Sommer had a couple goals in this one, but her second goal that took place in this match delightful goal you love to see a team connecting goal and to see Jess Fishlock involved in this goal to see Jennifer Marozan involved in this goal and the service that's provided to Eugene Lee and then the tactical finish where she slots this ball away delightful can you tell that that's the one that I'm leaning more (laughs) towards myself Lisa Yes, I agree. Uh, This goal is just so, so picture perfect. Like you said, Uh, it's really, it's delicious. The team involvement, the ball movement, the build up, and the finish. So, okay. So that's, how about that's one of ours that we're going to pick as our finalists. So the, the second goal from Le Sommer and the build up around it that happened. Um, What second one we're looking at? I think we're going to we're going to break down this. We're going to make it easier for people. We're going to actually I know there's four options for a Twitter poll, but I think maybe we're going to just go with two. We want to play devil's advocate here. So I think we were really most excited about Purse's uh, goal, return to play on Amanu to Purse. And then I think we're both really excited about Eugenie Lissomir's second goal there in all range. So I think those are the two that we're going to give folks an option for. Let us know. I love those two. Yeah. Follow us on Twitter at Attacking Third. There will be a poll uh, hit up that poll. Let us know your thoughts. Uh, which goal is your goal of the weekend? And why? Of course, I would like to know why. Of course. Let's close it out. Updated standings for everybody so that you know where things are lying into next week. Portland Thorns FC still in first place with 38 points. we got Oil Rain in second place with 35 points. North Carolina Courage are in third place with 29 points. Chicago Red Stars bumped themselves up to the fourth place with 29 points. Orlando Pride with fifth place in fifth place with 28 points. Washington Spirit still hang on to sixth place with 26 points. Houston Dash just on the outside looking in at seventh place with 26 points. Gotham FC in eighth place with 25 points. And then you've got Racing Louisville in ninth place with 17 points. And Kansas City NWSL with 11 points. I want to thank everybody for listening. As always, as a reminder, you can follow us on Twitter at Attacking Third. Participate in that poll, everyone. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and anywhere you listen to your podcast show. Go ahead and leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. And if you do that, 
with a five-star review and a question, Lisa and I will answer it as part of our mailbag segment. We're also available as video, so subscribe to us on YouTube. Visit youtube.com slash attacking third. And we will be back Wednesday for our news and notes and mailbag segment. For Sandra Herrera and Lisa Roman, this was Attacking Third. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.